Bait and Switch, copyright Serenia Murthy, 2018. When I got home today, my family, plus Russell Jackson, were staring at the TV screen open-mouthed. There was a video of me saying, what's she gonna do, shove me back inside the womb? To a pack of reporters. I made my entrance and five heads slowly swiveled around to look at me. Well, I suppose you want to know what that was all about, I said. I'm mildly curious, Mom admitted. I tossed my backpack into the corner. I was feeling pretty fed up, to tell you the truth. The current rumor churning the Monroe gristmill is that I am the product of an affair between Mom and the President, I said shortly. There was a pause and then Stevie smirked. She attempted to cover, but it was too late. I'd seen it and my anger amplified a hundred percent. Just what part of this is funny to you? I demanded. Oh, come on, Jason, she protested when she realized there was no going back now. Can you really see dad going out of his way to procure you? I really couldn't believe she would go there. You go to hell for saying that, I yelled at the top of my lungs. Does anything work above your neck? Allie screamed. It was a joke, Stevie defended herself. Since when are you so touchy? That was so insensitive, it sounded like something he might say, Allie exclaimed. Yeah, wait. We were being pretty loud, but I could still hear Mom and Mr. Jackson exchanging remarks in low voices. I am going to tear that reporter a new one. Mom's tone was murderous. I don't see how you can figure out which reporter, Mr. Jackson observed. It's a rumor, not a byline. All right, that's enough, Dad yelled. I want everyone upstairs and in their rooms right now. I am an adult, Stevie snapped as we headed upstairs. I don't know why I even stick around here. I don't have a room here, I heard Mr. Jackson observe. He may as well have. I stalked about my room, punching things and knocking them over when Dad came in. Oh, hello, Dad, if that even is your real name. I trailed off. Something about the look on his face made me think I might have gone too far. You want to cut that out, he snapped, and I knew he wasn't referring to manhandled objects. Because I'm your father, and I have no problem making you realize it. This was oddly comforting. The dates don't line up, I informed him. It wasn't a subject upon which I was anxious to touch. What dates? Nine months back from my birthday, August 24th. Mom was stationed in Baghdad with Mr. Dalton. He hadn't been president back then. Dad's face changed. How did you know that? I didn't. It was on her bio from her new website. For the entire summer of 2000, she was overseas, and I was born in April. I turned away. Dad shook his head. If the mathematical genii who call themselves your classmates would invest half the energy in algebra and calculus that they spend fueling baseless speculations, we'd be way ahead of Asia, he observed. Dad, global competition is not my focus right now. Right, yes, sorry. He pinched the skin in between his eyes and marshaled his thoughts. He looked at me. Jason, she came home, he said. There are things like furloughs and vacations, you know. Yeah, that line of argument hadn't done me any good. He saw that I remained unconvinced. Look, I couldn't tell you the exact... Just stop, I exclaimed in alarm. The only time I can handle hearing you say the C word is when you proceeded with immaculate. He looked confused for a second and then laughed. All right. He sat down and placed his arm around me. He looked me in the eye. You were the complete opposite of a preemie, he informed me. I squirmed, feeling uncomfortable. It was like you didn't want to come out at all. The doctor decided to wait a few weeks before inducing labor. It happens sometimes. 
The amateur OBs at your school will probably discover that firsthand soon and... You know what? Don't tell the PTA I said that. Relax, Mr. Arm Candy, I retorted. Everyone on the PTA already hates your guts because you have a famous spouse who works for the president. Bunch of unfulfilled losers, Dad grumbled. Probably the ones who started the rumor in the first place. Um, don't go spreading that around either. I laughed and he messed up my hair. Now look, he said, drawing me closer. I know what Stevie said wasn't great, but... Well, she does pick up an awful lot of slack around here, so why not cut her some? Yeah, okay, I grumbled. As long as she doesn't get all touchy-feely about it. Fortunately, Stevie has always been my cool sister. Religious scholars first born on the road to perdition, she observed when I came downstairs. Ironic much? Look on the bright side, I replied, taking my place beside her. At least you know you're not going to be alone. You guys always leave me out of everything, Allie pouted. Don't stop now, Dad commanded. I want at least one person from this family to go to heaven. Allie rolled her eyes. Dad, I'm not perfect, she said. I just look good compared to your other kids. I didn't say kid, Dad reminded her. I said person. In a way, the whole thing was oddly comforting. I never entertained any doubts as to whether my dad was my biological father after that, no matter what the rumor mill cooked up. It's only your real father who can read you like that. There was a fishing trip scheduled at our school, near Killington. It was a father-son fishing trip. Everyone was going. On impulse, I told Dad about it when I got home, although I didn't entertain any real hope that he could or would even want to come. My friends are going, I told him. It sounds really great, he said wistfully. Remember the fishing we did back on the farm? His eyes took on a faraway look, bridging the barriers of land and time. Dad, will you come? The words were out of my mouth before I could even think them through. I was as surprised as he was. He looked at me as if he were seeing me for the first time. His hand lifted as though he wanted to ruffle my hair and then fell to his side again. I kind of wished he had followed through. I waited for his answer. I'll certainly try, he said. It costs a hundred dollars, I told him, feeling certain that this would dissolve any barriers he might erect. He gave me the money. I'll do my best, he promised me. I went to bed, not really daring to hope, but wanting it all the same. It was the morning of the trip. We were leaving from school. The bus would depart at 7.45 a.m. Dad had said he would meet me at the campground. Around 7.15 a.m., I got paged by the office. When I got to the front desk, the secretary handed me a post-it. It had Dad's name and a number scrawled below it. I thanked her and went to a payphone in the hallway to call him back. My heart was beating painfully, my throat felt really dry, and my breathing was kind of shallow. I felt small. He answered on the first drink. Hey, Jason. He sounded kind of relieved to hear from me. Hi, Dad, I said, not without some trepidation. Listen, buddy. I heard the words trying to register their meaning without absorbing the emotional impact. Something had come up at work. He wasn't going to be able to make it. It was as I had expected. Jason, are you there? I didn't say anything. Dad cleared his throat. Look, son, I get that you're disappointed. That was one way of putting it. I looked up at the ceiling and blinked two or three times. It occasioned me some surprise to find a lump in my throat and a stinging sensation in my eyes at the delivery of this news. I mean, I wasn't in physical pain, but something still stung. Jason, come on, son, talk to me. 
Dad sounded a little emotional himself. In fact, if it hadn't been Dad, I would have said he sounded close to tears. It shouldn't have to be like this, I heard myself say. What, son? he asked. His tone was kind, encouraging. It shouldn't always have to be like this, I said, trying to get control of my voice. Me screwing up and you having to fix it. I mean, I know that has to be a part of it, I acknowledged. I get that I'm far from perfect, but sometimes we should just be able to have a good time. And today was going to be one of those times. I sighed. They're getting fewer and farther between. And one day, I'll go to college and they'll just disappear altogether. There was a silence on the other end. I could almost see Dad's Adam's apple bobbing up and down. I knew he was trying to get a hold of himself just like I was. I was going to be a wreck if I stayed on the line any longer, continuing to listen to his silence and my own line of thought. I took a deep breath and in one decisive gesture, hung up the phone. There. That was done. I folded my arms, physically pulling myself together. I leaned against the wall, pressed one foot against it, stared out the window, and thought. Dashiell came by after a few minutes. You ready, man? he asked. I nodded wordlessly. What happened? He knew me well enough by now. I tried to shake it off. He's not coming, I said. He opened his mouth and closed it, not really knowing what to say. He lifted his hand, probably to place it on my shoulder, but then dropped it again, just like Dad had done. Come on, I said, forcing myself to move on to the next thing. We headed towards the parking lot. Jason, you don't have to go, Dashiell reminded me. Yeah, I do, I said. Can't let a hundred dollars go to waste. But Dashiell was attempting to be delicate. You know what people will say, what they are saying. He was alluding to the stupid rumors about Mom and the President. Yeah, I know, I said in an offhand manner. I'll just have to suck it up and deal, and try not to get expelled. Again. We both laughed and the tension relaxed. Dashiell came by after a few minutes. You ready, man? He asked. I nodded wordlessly. What happened? He knew me well enough by now. I tried to shake it off. He's not coming, I said. He opened his mouth and closed it, not really knowing what to say. He lifted his hand, probably to place it on my shoulder, but then dropped it again, just like Dad had done. Come on, I said, forcing myself to move on to the next thing. We headed towards the parking lot. Jason, you don't have to go, Dashiell reminded me. Yeah, I do, I said. Can't let a hundred dollars go to waste. But he was attempting to be delicate. You know what people will say, what they are saying. He was alluding to the stupid rumors about Mom and the President. Yeah, I know, I said in an offhand manner. I'll just have to suck it up and deal, and try not to get expelled. Again. We both laughed and the tension relaxed. At Killington, everyone was heading into the canoes in pairs. I waited on the shore, feeling glum. Mr. Rudd had said he'd go with me since I was alone, but he had to get everyone else squared away first since he was the organizer. That was fine with me. I wasn't in any hurry. Once we reached the island, I'd be fair game, along with Mom, Dad, and the President. Not to mention the shame inherent in being a teacher's charity case, although it was pretty decent of Mr. Rudd. The last canoe pulled away. I stared at the ground and chewed my lip, not really wanting to go, but feeling guilty about the hundred-dollar fee. Come on, Jason, Mr. Rudd called in a buck-you-up kind of tone. I called off the pity party and got to my feet. I balanced my way into the canoe and waited for Mr. Rudd to join me. There was the sound of a car's engine being turned off, but I didn't pay it any attention. 
Mr. Rudd got in and we prepared to head out. I heard footsteps approaching. Room for one more? A well-known voice called and my jaw dropped, nearly hitting the floor of the canoe. I looked up. Dad! For once, our defenses were down. I didn't say a word and neither did he. Our eyes said it all. Mine were shining. A few moments later, I came to realize that Mr. Rudd and Dad had never been introduced. This is my dad, I said to Mr. Rudd, who was taking in the whole scene and grinning from ear to ear. I figured as much, he laughed. I turned back to Dad. Dad, this is Mr. Rudd, my debate team coach. Oh, so it's you I have to thank for. There was some ribbing. Uh, Mr. Rudd, I said once it had subsided. It was really nice of you to offer, but would you mind very much if... I gestured at Dad and trailed off. Mr. Rudd understood. Not at all, he said. Never been much for water sports anyway. That made two of us. But not today. Dad and I grinned at each other as I rapidly rowed us away from the shore. I was eager to catch up with the others and not just to stop them from gossiping about me. I haven't felt this way since I was a kid, but I don't know. Maybe I wanted to show my old man off a little. Nice paddle work, he said, raising his eyebrows and casting an approving glance at the oars. Thanks, I said, trying not to pant. Want me to take a hand, he offered. Nah, I'm good. But after a while, he took the oars anyway, complaining that he felt like a deadweight. The sun was shining on our heads. The island was getting closer. I only had a few minutes to find out what I wanted to know before we had to start socializing with everybody. So what decided you? I asked. You have Mo to thank for that, he replied. Who's Mo? It turns out Mo is his colleague, teammate, short for Mohammed. We were on our way to... Dad trailed off. Area 51, I prompted, and he laughed. Yeah, have you been? It's great this time of year. It's on my list, I parried. Yeah, well, Dad looked at the horizon and then back at me. I... He asked me who I'd called, and I wound up telling him the whole story. I mean, in response to my look of horror. Not the whole story, just the part about having to miss a father-son fishing trip and how we were both disappointed. I breathed a sigh of relief. It was the strangest thing, Dad reflected. He got this faraway look in his eyes and said, I've been on that fishing trip. I was the only Muslim kid there. Turns out Mo had gone to Monroe, the old Alma Mater. Anyway, Dad said, he was driving and we were heading to... the site. I guess he must have made some sort of detour because the next thing I knew, we'd parked at the Killington shore. I'll take it from here, Henry, he said. Don't tell me you just let him go, I laughed. Without a murmur? Well, that would have been bad form, Dad laughed. So you demurred? I demurred, he said. How'd you let him convince you? Dad hesitated. Come on, you can tell me, I encouraged. Well, Dad selected his words carefully. He turned to me and said, Henry, there comes a time in every boy's life when his father has to step up to the plate and say, the buck does not stop with the president. It stops with me. We just gaped at each other. The Monroe rumor mill must be pretty far-reaching, I finally ventured. Probably some Facebook alumni group, Dad agreed. Well, it sure was nice of him, I said. We had reached the island by now. Remind me to buy him a beer when I'm 21. I think he'd like that, Dad agreed. <laughs>